one. Editing is so Wait, hard. I got. Should we? Oh, should we? So much hard time with the audio. Can you know what? <laughs> you can start editing. This is oh poor this me. This is why you don't want to say anything. You, want edit, you need to have. Yeah. You just need to exactly. respect and let him complain uh, nope. about it because let, let, me do, let me do. We my, don't want to suffer that. So I don't want to suffer that. Editing's the worst. It's the worst job. Okay, was this enough banter for you? It is really the worst job. It's, it's the worst. I mean, it's the hardest Ooh. and worst and most tedious job. It really I, is. I mean, and we most respected to, of. We should of pay the you for your clear. for your time. I'm paying you right now in jokes yeah with yeah. really bad jokes yeah you need to bow down okay. to the editing master here for that one. you should oh, that's good okay habit. one two three <laughs> welcome to rebel teacher alliance the podcast where teachers rethink student engagement with jamie halsey fabian hoffman and scott kazarian Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are excited to be here. Jamie, Fabian, and I, uh, we are jumping in with kind of a, I don't know, a big announcement. What do you guys think? Big? It's pretty big. Life-changing, it's groundbreaking, pretty big. game-changing. Life. I don't know if it changes lives. The game will change. Uh, okay, so let's, just, oh, let's yeah. just get to it. So we uh, the, the exciting news is that for so long we've been looking for our people, and we found our people. Yep. Uh, and so we're we excited to kind of rebrand or, uh, I don't know, like re-theme the podcast. So we are doing that today in an effort to be, mm-hmm. I don't know, a little, maybe a little bit more inclusive or sensitive to the world we live in. We are changing uh, for the better yeah. and for the good and for the future. And so uh, we're excited to announce today that we are officially going to be something new but i'm not going to share it so somebody else has to share <laughs> you're not going to so share it well, i'm not going to share it they will have so, heard they will have heard who, the credits or the tell us who we are we who have are a we? new name we, we have a new name yeah wow and the name is rebel teacher alliance we Woo! are the rebel teacher alliance we are rta as i affectionately yeah. call it rta, RTA. Yeah. the rebel teacher <laughs> alliance and, and so jamie jamie why are we the rebel teacher alliance well, um, in our rebranding, we were kind of thinking like what our mission is as a group. And we kind of like this idea of, you know, changing the game of school and making school different through engagement and talking to different teachers and how they're making school just different from everyone else and uh, kind of foraging a new path. And um, yeah. all the all the educators that we've connected with so far, that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, what they're doing in their classes, and we look up to them, and that's what we're trying to do here too. Fabian, you want to add some yeah. more? Yeah. So, what's our tagline now, Fabian? What? What? what who are we? Uh, teachers rethinking engagement or student engagement. Teachers rethinking student engagement. That's what it's called. <laughs> we practice. Um, <laughs> we practice this clearly. No, but um, so one of the reasons why. Um, so I, I found this article, which uh, was written like a couple of years ago, called "Rebel Teachers and Why We Should Love Them," and I will link to that in the in the uh, notes. And uh, I, it really resonated what she was talking about in this article. It was written by Jody Britton, and uh, she was talking about how um, the teachers that kind of like leave a positive 
note or a positive like thought in your brain as a child when you're when you're going to school are those teachers who go above and beyond or they they ch they change things they're doing things differently um than other teachers and those is what she, that's what she was calling uh, the rebel teachers and then i was thinking you know what that would be cool to have like a little bit of a star wars reference because we love star wars um maybe a little what? Bit too much you could get <laughs> that from rebel um, teacher a lot but i, I don't didn't see it i don't know but it's but more I than star wars no it's a, it's a nod really to star is. wars it's a nod to star wars yeah. exactly and so i thought um it would be fun to have like this rebel alliance but the rebel teacher alliance in there so that's yep. kind of where, where we're coming from teachers rethink student engagement that's what we're saying that's yeah. that's the beautiful voice you're he'll hear fabian record uh, at the beginning of each episode uh, at this point you will have heard it uh, oh that's true people will be like what yeah. what podcast what did i happening? sign what am i doing now uh yeah. you know i my favorite uh, as we were like going back and forth about Names. My favorite one was the one Jamie came up with, which was "Hey everybody." That was my favorite one. <laughs> I, I was, that, that's that was, was a, that was a pretty good one because uh, it really was, encompasses a, kind of you know we're welcoming. Contender. Yeah, so, it was pretty uh, good. So uh, we are Rebel Teacher Alliance, and you are rebels with rebels? us. Yeah, rebels with yeah. us. We are I'm not really good. Sure, game changers. You uh, know, that's changers. what we are. Yeah, engagers. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't want to. We didn't want to brand it just gamification. Well, obviously, that is what we do. But I, I think that especially the last few guests that we had are not necessarily um, uh, gamifiers. Um, but they are rebels in, in the way that they're teaching, whether it's like changing their classroom design or um, uh, going to get, receiving a Disney award or because they, they change the way they teach kids, right? It's... Um, and I think, therefore, it, it makes a lot of sense that we don't just talk about gamification, but we, we do talk about all kinds of things that are different. That's true. And, and, and rebellions are built on hope. So that makes sense. That's right. No, I don't know. And, I and again, I... like we want we want to bring the community together and to get inspiration because, you know, we have wonderful teachers across the hall, but they may not be kind of thinking outside the box. And so, you know, this yeah. is an opportunity to kind of meet teachers that are doing that. Um, okay, so, so yeah. welcome yeah. to Rebel Teacher Alliance. We're glad Woo! to have you, and we're glad that you're a part of it. I mean, truly, we found our people, right? Like, literally, yeah. um, and so now that we have that, now we can move forward uh, in this direction. So thanks for being with us. Uh, please uh, retweet and share and all that kind of stuff, because we will yep. uh, need to get the word out that things have changed, and uh, yep. we're moving in a new direction, an exciting uh direction all right let's let's jump in so i'm going to start with my piano so if you've been on twitter you've seen my psa all oh, the piano i, I put oh, a piano. i put a psa announcement. so here's what happened um i haven't talked about it on the podcast but my next door no, neighbor haven't. literal next door neighbor had her house flood and for months and months and months it sounds like years she's been trying to get it all back in order and hasn't lived there for some time but then when I was helping her with something, there was just this piano, a junkie. It's outdoors. It's like getting not really rained on, but the elements are definitely crashing on it. And I was like, oh, what are you doing with that? She's like, oh, I got to get rid of it. It's totally wrecked. It's been all warped from, from the flood and everything. I was like, oh, well, it, you know, if you're really just going to trash it. She goes, yeah, I just need to take it apart and put it in a trash can, which <laughs> I, I will tell you is not an easy task. <laughs> um, and so uh, she went out of town the other day. So I was like, oh, maybe this week is when we'll take it. So she said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I took it. Uh, and the goal was to 
see how much of it I could keep without it being so dang heavy. And it turns out uh, that is quite an impossible task because this organ-like or this harp-like thing in the... I mean, if you know pianos, then you're way smarter than me. But Yeah, those yeah, are strings. strings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it so heavy. And so we took saws. I broke a power drill. I broke at least 15 <laughs> different saw blades on the power sander. Oh, my God. Our power saw. And then we were manually taking this thing apart. Now, here's what's cool is I've got a piano that makes no noise, but the buttons all still work, or the keys buttons. So that is cool. Uh, what I'm most excited about was... It's like a movie prop. Was mm-hmm. these Kinda. little... Yeah, I- exactly. That's what it's going to look like. It's going to look like in my History Hunters, think Indiana Jones meets um, Treasure... What's it called? The National Treasure, kind of. It'll be a prop. Yeah. But on Amazon, I got this little recordable device where... When you press the button, it just like almost like opening a greeting card. It will mm-hmm. say something to you, and so I'm very excited to be able to put that in periodically and then remove it with different cl- maybe clues <laughs> to the game or even just ridiculous jokes that I tell. Because you know, I mean, my classroom yeah. still what you get on the pod is what they get in the classroom, unfortunately <laughs> for them. And so uh, I'm really so I have I, I've gotten it down to bare bones. Uh, I used rubber bands to hold the keys in place, so when you press them, they they pop back up because it turns out that's like a whole thing. Uh, But the funniest (laughs) part and the most tragic part was that as I'm taking it apart, the neighbor across the street who teaches piano to kids all day long, like that's her job, nice old lady, really nice, uh, she came out and she's standing in my driveway trying to figure out what we're doing. And she doesn't speak super great English, but she was like, you could tell the look on her face was like, why are you murdering my <laughs> child? It's like, yeah, she's watching her babies being uh, killed. Oh, that's so, so bad. So then trying to explain <laughs> what I'm doing and what I'm going to do with this That shell. is not an easy I was like, well, I'm a teacher. And she's like, oh, you teach piano? Because the Gavin. Like, <laughs> I was like, no, no I'm, I'm a history teacher. I was going to, as a pro. And then I was like, okay, there's no... There's no There's talking no, my way out of this. Nope. Just and, yeah. tell her it's broken. Yeah, I was like, oh, I mean, it, it was damaged in a flood. I promise, I didn't just because it's a. <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful at in its heyday, I'm sure. But yeah, anyway, that was oh, the look on her face when I murdered oh that piano, and my four boys are out there murdering it with me. We have like hammers, <laughs> we have jigsaws. I mean, we're just. <laughs> Pounding Going away. to town. Oh man! And every time you hit it, the That's whole thing area. vibrates. And all, oh man, it was. So anyway, that was my week. Were well, the kids uh, pretty fascinated with like all the inner workings? Like, were they like, "Oh, I had no idea it looked yeah, like that." Yeah, no idea. I mean, if nothing else, I let my kids at home take apart stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I have a pile yeah. of stuff even now. In fact, that power drill mm-hmm. is now in the pile yeah. of take apart because it's not functional anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but always looking to see how things work, and I feel like I want to do that in my classroom too. Mm-hmm. Be- and so mm-hmm. what I did was, when you press the key, it like. This whole, like, wood, I don't know if you guys know that I didn't, but the whole, there's this whole wood wet mechanism that goes up and down, yeah. and then it hits the string of the harp thing. In the, anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so I kept a section of that, and I'm going to u- leave it in my classroom and mount it to the wall so that oh they gosh. can kind of get the sense of what that mechanism does and how it works inside of a piano because I thought it might mm. be helpful. I don't know. 
That's really cool. Yeah. How heavy is that piece? Because that's that's a pretty big piece of the piano. Uh, right? The I, I cut it into thirds, so the mm. a third of it is actually fairly light, <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's actually very yeah. soft, light wood with a just mm. like a foam end to it that hits the strings. Mm. So it yeah. actually isn't too bad. the 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 big daddy of it is that is the actual strings themselves. I mean, my yeah. kids got back from watching YouTube videos on it and we're like, dad, don't cut the strings. It'll whip you <laughs> and you'll die. And I was like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of tension. Like, so it's you're like, telling yeah. me to cut the strings. So anyway, there's a lot, yeah. I, it was, it's like a guitar, just mm -hmm. much, many more strings. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting trying to describe to the large trash pickup people why I have half of a piano for them to pick up and take it with them. <laughs> Good thing uh, you don't really have to explain that. You just... I'm very excited about it, and I think the potential of it is fun. And I think just having the piano in there and having it be a part of like this rustic kind of history hunter relicy kind of atmosphere will be really really fun too. Because as yeah. you guys know, I'm stepping my story game up, and I feel like to do that, the aesthetics of my room have to go up as well. So I've been working on that. That's true. Yep. Very yeah. cool. And I do have a donor's choose tip on that note. I did get those little things I said on Amazon, which we can link to. I did get funded through donor's choose. And I have a mm -hmm. number of, you guys know this from listening to the pod, that I have a lot of donor's choose that I, I do often. And what I've realized more recently with the explosion of donor's choose everywhere, now that it's so popular, is that yeah. uh, if I keep my, uh, f my actual items that I'm doing to under $100, or $100, which is the minimum, and I'm very specific about what I need, uh, I'm, mm -hmm. I've gotten those those projects more funded than the larger ones. So if you're thinking about okay. donors' shoes and you're like, why hasn't anything been funded lately? Maybe rethink how you're kind of organizing it. Try to keep it to those minimums of $100, $150, and then be very specific about what you want. And, so uh, a six hundred dollar Lego set is not a good idea. It what? It's an amazing idea. Let's just say that. But <laughs> I've noticed trend to wise get funded? No. that with the popularity of donors choose in the yeah. teacher world and the donation world, I think there's probably I would imagine less money to go around than there was in the heyday. I'm hoping I'm hoping that donors choose is going to advertise it at some point because now the teachers are going back there's like all i see on twitter is like please retweet please please blah mm -hmm. blah blah mm -hmm. like every teacher that is in all my right. timeline is retweeting we are clearing the list often so i don't know if anybody's yeah. lists are being cleared but they are attempting to clear lists yeah mm -hmm. they're yeah. yeah yeah all right yeah. all right well that's me anyways uh jamie yeah. you have something exciting to share with us that i have no idea about so <laughs> <laughs> so um i think you guys know i'm in a book club with um, three other educators. One is a, prin a so, principal yeah. who's in the um, Dominican Republic, um, a mm -hmm. middle school teacher who's on the East Coast, and then a high school teacher who's in Texas. And it's the four of us. And we last year we read the book um, Going Gradeless. And then this year we're reading a book called um, – my gosh, uh, cultivating genius, which is about culturally really response, <laughs> culturally <laughs> response. I'm reading a lot of books right now, so I'm like, wow. Um, cult um, cultivating genius, which is about culturally responsive teaching, 
And mm-hmm. we have these awesome discussions. Um, anyway, um, we got onto the subject of novels in verse. And a novel in verse is basically like a, po- a novel-sized poem, essentially, is what it is. And mm-hmm. so um, they talked about how powerful those were in their class. And in the book, they talked about novels in verse and had some recommendations. And so I started perusing through those and my friends on the in the book club curated a list of of books that they thought I might like which is really cool and books that they've used and so I just I I ordered a bunch of them and I've been reading them and I love it because they're very quick reads obviously you know it's just like a poem so you know it's you know written it looks like a poem Oftentimes yeah. they'll throw like different styles of poems within the the whole novel. So like mm-hmm. it, like this one, you know, talks about like what a haiku is and um, what a catalog poem is and a blues po- poem and a concrete poem. Um, and, and so they're they're telling a story through. They're telling poems? a story through poems, but they don't necessarily okay. rhyme. You know, like poems don't have to okay. rhyme. <laughs> And yeah. this Wait, is such what? a beautiful story. This one I love. It's called Catching a Story Fish. And it's about the relationship of um, a girl who moved to a new town. She doesn't know anybody. She feels really awkward. But she's got this crazy imagination. Um, mm-hmm. And she um, is in the same town now as her grandpa. And they go fishing a lot. There's a lot of fishing metaphors. Um, and it's just a really sweet story. But it really talks about kind of finding your story and becoming a writer and Did that's kind of hook? actually her oh i highly recommend it it's called oh Catching a story fish that yeah. was oh wow yeah scott see a, bravo. Hold, hold for a pause <laughs> bravo <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a beautiful story i'm definitely going to use this one um i think i'm going to use this as the first read aloud of the year to kind of get mm-hmm. the kids um motivated and thinking about writing um, but there's all kinds. There's some on, like, um, immigration and, you know, what it's like to immigrate. Actually, this one's about actually going back to um, their home country and how Which different is, it is. This one's called Inside Out and Back Again. This mm-hmm. one's about, uh, it's called Little Cat's Luck. It's about, um, I think, a lost cat. So it's, like, got a cat. Uh, just all okay. kinds, like... Garvey's Choice and Words with Wings are by Nikki Grimes. Okay, here's Just my question. Just really cool while you're, ta- books. while you're talking about that. Yes. Is what is the advantage of a novel in verse as opposed to just like a novel? Um, well, it's shorter, so it's a little easier to consume as a reader, right? Okay. So for mm-hmm. someone who's a reluctant reader, they might pick that up. And it just looks a lot less timid, intimidating. Like this, you know, this yeah. is like yeah. 200 pages, yeah. but each page may only have like 50 words on it. That's um, true. It's like putting a putting a graphic novel in some in front of somebody, right? It is. Just no pictures. It's just yeah. no pictures, or there might be a few pictures here I'm and there. Yeah. And then also, there's just you know the the beautiful thing about poems is that gorgeous um, language and like the mm-hmm. the very vibrant language used. And how you can really picture things. So the writing is just really flowy and 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 just it's just lovely. So it. it's I, gorgeous, I didn't flowy really, and lovely. It is, I and yeah. I um so I'm gonna be bringing these into my classroom. I'm gonna oh, cool. introduce because I I'm thinking if I didn't really know about these, there's no way yeah. my students really know about these, and yeah. really talking to them about this different genre that they've maybe never experienced. 
So did you, when you do your 40 book challenge mm -hmm. with your students, mm -hmm. um, do you give them um, a, a, a list of genres well, for we, them to read? So could that be a part of the list of genres? It will be a part of the list of genres. And not only that, um, a lot of them don't know the difference between the different genres when they're hey that age. Yep. They might yeah. know like, like, general ones but a lot of them get really confused between like a fiction story and historical fiction and science yeah. fiction they don't really understand the differences yeah, there's so a lot of fish books in the sea that's what i say um <laughs> hey i did have a question though how does thank you for that fake laugh <laughs> but I'm uh how did how did a uh principal from the dr a middle schooler on the east coast and a high schooler from texas and you all get connected into a book club it was so crazy so it's kind of the beginning of a joke right yeah I am not sure. I got invited to a group from the Texas teacher. Her name's Megan. I got invited to the group because she knew we were both reading going gradeless at the same time. Mm. And she, I don't know how she got connected, but she got connected in this group and invited me along. And I think there were six of us initially. And really it was just the four of us that, that whole time. And it was so fascinating yeah. meeting these women from other parts and just being such a diverse group of people. Um, and I just, I really enjoy our discussions. And we did it just over the summer last year. And then, you know, summer was approaching. And one of them was like, hey, do we want to do it again this summer? And we all oh, agreed so that we did summer, it. Summer only? It's a summer only. Uh, you know, we like know each other over Twitter. Um, yeah. May, one of them, it's two Megans. Um, both... One of the Megans uh, is someone that I connected with over XP Lap. Um, and so I knew her before. Um, and yeah, so that's how I got invited in. And, like and now Zoom we're like a group. Once a month, once we a week. We Zoom. Yeah, we Zoom. Uh, we usually okay. we do it once a week. Wow. We read like two chapters. Um, and we won't be able to meet next week, but the week after will be our final week. We'll finish up our book. And cool. we have like a, a document that we. Um, write about, you know, kind of anecdotes from the book, insights, questions, concerns, and we just talk about it. Do you guys it's have just, a name yeah. for your book club, like the Megs no. or something? No. Because there's so many <laughs> Megs in your class? No. Oh. All right. um, your it's, really, uh, it's really fun to do a, a book study. I haven't done one in a long time, but I did when uh, John's book came out, Adrenaline Rush, he invited people to a Voxer. Um, I don't know if that's we were. Around. That's how so, we met Fabian. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and Voxer is like this. I don't. Do you think that's still around? Have you used it recently? I don't know. I think but it's it like recently. This, I still have the app. Yeah, it's a uh, you. You leave audio messages essentially uh, to each other. So it's kind of like Marco Polo, just audio. Mm. And um, yeah, it was fun because people would just uh, John would have like questions for discussion. Um, about chapters and then people would just chime in and would say something or not or listen to what people had to say and it's it was really cool it was a lot of fun that's um, awesome to do that well so like yeah. we should all be doing stuff like that what a fun summer thing to like not maybe not yeah. yours because we're not named megan but but like if <laughs> yeah, but a non-megan book club would be really cool Awesome. Yeah, it's really Thank nice. You. That's, what, that's what ours is, will be called. Yeah. <laughs> the non-Megan. The non-Megan. Um, but yeah, no, it's great because, you know, it's very low-key, low-pressure, but we have really rich discussions. And, mm -hmm. you know, what starts off is like, oh, we'll just like meet for like a half an hour, 45 minutes. Ends up being like a two-hour thing. And yeah. it's just lovely. So. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie, wow. you do a lot of different things. You're plugged in a lot of places. It's pretty awesome. 
I don't Good. know yeah. how you find the bandwidth to do it, but you do it. Oh, she I, I have four kids. Yeah, I have uh, a single child who works. Uh, Who's nineteen? That's right. You cheated. Yeah, I forgot. Um, <laughs> cheating. You, you know, I start school in two days from not from That's when this insane. podcast comes out, but when we're recording it, and uh, it's it's been interesting. So, Fabian, I'm interested, and Jamie, I'm interested to have you guys weigh in on this a little bit. But uh, I don't know about you guys out there, the rebels that are listening. I don't know if that, yeah. We'll, nice. We'll go with nice. That. It's like, I, don't know I like the, how you yeah, weave that in. For me, so <laughs> my principal uh, uh, schedules the week before we're supposed to be back, uh, a whole yeah. slew of optional meetings that are sort of kind of optional. Like I missed a bunch yeah. of stuff because I didn't go to them, even though they're optional. And then uh, on the only day that I uh, have as a teacher to just be in my classroom, and my classroom is boxed up like crazy because they were redoing the yeah. roof all summer. Uh, w- somebody wants to have a two-hour team meeting, an optional one, because it's our Again, s- it's our classroom day, and we're not we don't have to do anything except for being our classroom. And so I have uh, yeah. kindly denied both of those uh, opportunities As for meetings should. the week before and <clears throat> for this two-hour meeting. On like I literally don't have a single thing in my classroom that's where it's yeah. supposed to be. I'm curious to know, and I, I would love to hear from the others that are listening too. Like, um, like, what do you what do you guys think about like boundaries that way? And uh, I, I know it's been said like, well, are they paying you? Like, I know that's a natural instinct, and I think I don't know if it really matters if they paid me or not. Actually, it does matter. I think, but I think I think for so me, too. It's a larger yeah. boundary issue. Well, it's all and, of those things. So I go think. ahead, go. Somebody say something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, a lot of times we get kind of trashed as teachers, to be honest, because we quote unquote get summers off or whatever. (laughs) Um, But really, like if you look, yeah, yeah, we are not paid in the summer. Now, our paycheck goes through the summer or you can structure it to not do that. But we are paid for 10 months out of the year, right? And so, you know, every time we have to use our own time for school things, we are not getting paid, and yeah. um, and that's throughout the summer. That's you know, and and again, like because we love our job and we always are striving to be better. You know, we do things like book clubs and we do this podcast and we do all these extra things out of choice. Yeah. So we choose to do that. Um, but I think as teachers, you know, we we need to be okay with setting those boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, number one is asking to get paid and not doing these things unless we're paid. And then number yeah. two, this is your time to be off. This is your non-contracted hours. And you, and this is the, the thing that's a little bit sneaky, is they, you know, say it's optional, wink, wink, but you feel yeah. this unbelievable pressure to go. Exactly. Um, so I think as teachers, yeah, we need to stand up for pressure. each other. We need to stand up for each other and say, you know what? You know, if you don't want to go, and that's completely fine. You should not feel guilty to not yeah. do that. But we do feel very guilty right away because we, we want to be team players too. And if you have a bunch of people that say, oh, it's fine, I'll do it, then you feel like I'm the, you're like the, the weird person that says no. Oh, that's, um, that's exactly how I feel. I am definitely yeah. the non-team player because I have not gone weird, to the optional but meeting <laughs> and I don't want to go to the two-hour 
the optional and team meeting, which would be beneficial, but I literally don't have a room to teach in right now. So there's And it shouldn't priorities. it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't we shouldn't feel bad about saying no to an optional meeting that um is outside of our contracted hours or um that is optional, right? It's like I I don't think that a lot of other professions would do that. No like way. if you have somebody in an office building, right? They're working for an insurance company, they're not gonna stay or come in like on an extra day just because they feel bad and not get paid. That's just not not done anywhere. And um, it's being taken advantage of. It's it's some teachers are doing it because they they have like this, they feel this obligation, they want to be a team player, they they like you said, Jamie, like we we do this because we love our job and so we wanna always do better and it's we're being taken advantage of in that way because it's hard to say no to something like that because maybe you you are missing something scott i definitely right? was that's what you that's what you feel it's like i'm i'm missing vital information that probably could have been said in an email <laughs> but um that's yeah it's <laughs> and that's usually what it comes down to and we had this discussion last year too in in, in our school like the whole room was full of teachers and uh, they were telling us, oh, you have to come in on a Sunday or do like a, not come in on a Sunday, but do like a, a, a training on a Sunday because that's just how it was booked or whatever. And people were like, um, are we getting paid for this? And that was literally one person that said that um, because everybody else was just sitting there like, I don't want to say anything right now. I don't want to be like the square peg. Um, and, but that is what most people were thinking, right? Like, I mean, I personally at that point was like, you know what? I, if I can record a podcast on, on a Sunday afternoon, I can talk to my wife, et cetera. I can figure that out. That's fine. But the podcast is on my own time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'll do it, whatever. But it's, yeah, it's, you, you should get paid. Well, and, I really uh, enjoy my one principal person. and my team. So both of them are not ill-intented in their meeting schedule. No, but they're used to yeah. they're used to teachers saying yes yeah. and just doing it sure. because that's not the anymore. that's <laughs> that's the culture that we have created as teachers, oh, okay. and it's really it's really hard to to break that kind of culture. And I think with a lot of newbies and a lot of newcomers who are maybe coming from a different profession or whatever, they they are not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lo- I've heard a lot of people like saying, nope, that's not what I'm... So I've I'm set not, good boundaries from paid. the get-go by never showing up to these things. because I'm. I, I think so. I think that's really important for you to do that. And, yeah. you know, yeah. and maybe you having the courage to do that will actually encourage others. And I think, yeah. too, I think if your team... You know, talk to them and and tell them why you're not yeah. doing that. You know, yeah. I think yeah. everybody would understand. And maybe, maybe they've been doing it for years, feeling bad and not and definitely not really wanting to go. And honestly, yeah. let's just break this down. Let's do. Do it. they really think down. that this is going to help you on day one hit the ground running, or is this something that could happen a couple weeks into the school year? So if it's about yeah. like curriculum or planning or whatever, are you planning for the first week of school? Probably no, not. No. It's probably some initiative or some kind of direction the district is going or something like that. And unless it's yeah. helping you on day one, it can wait. I should take a picture and of my it, classroom. It's like an empty classroom that no one's ever taught in. 
And that, and you're not the only one that has that classroom. They took off the roof off everybody's, right? So everybody has their classroom in a box right now. (laughs) And the idea that now you also have to come in and do that for something that may or may not help you, I don't know. But I think a lot of teachers have come in on their own time, at their own choice. Because they know they won't have the time, right? And that's, again, tragic. And that's where... That's the hard culture piece that's yeah. difficult to break. Yeah. And at, at my school, it did send a message to admin. And now there's every time when there is something like that, um, it's like in the email, it says like it's being compensated. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, it's like so change is definitely possible. It just takes some people to speak up and like actually say something, not just say I'm not coming, but saying uh granted it's easier if if you're in a charter school and it's just like a smaller uh fraction of people that do that than it is in a district but um still it's like this it's you got to change the culture somehow it's true and you can only do that by by being a rebel Mm -hmm. there you go go. and 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 breaking that mold and like not taking that anymore and just saying you know what i'm happy to teach here and doing my contracted hours Mm -hmm. and I, these are certain boundaries that I have. Like, I'm not going to answer emails after hours anymore. I'm not going to take stuff home to work on over over the weekend or whatever. I'm not getting paid for that. Those are things that are expected of us. And a lot of us do it because there's just no time in the day. But that doesn't mean it's right. It's yeah, just like, I, I mean, yeah. you know, with, with special ed, writing those IEPs, yeah. you don't have time yeah. during the day to write those IEPs. You're doing that no, after contract much. hours, right? Yeah, typically. So, you know, that's uh, like even worse, right, for for the special ed teachers because they I literally think have would, no time. I think I would be actually even more willing to show up to those meetings if, it, if they said to you, hey, this is totally optional. We know that this is not part of typical stuff. And if you can make it, we will compensate you. I think, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Well, All right, then, I might be able to make that work. But, like, this is yeah. like, hey, here's a bunch of meetings. <laughs> well, what <laughs> that like, tells, yeah. what the message that the pay, you know, you getting paid says that they value your time. Your time That's is true. worth yeah. something. That's true. Yeah. Right? And when they don't pay you, they're saying that, oh, you know, they're, they're taking advantage of you. And they're saying that your time isn't well, worth it. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. I'm excited to get back to the school year. I'm going to be hitting the ground running emptying out an entire classroom out of physical boxes. It almost looks like a game where, like, you open... Because I got these <laughs> giant boxes for the fan filters I was building in my classroom uh, yeah. for the school. And so I have these, like, enormous boxes. Like, they can fit, like, a giant beanbag chair in them kind of boxes. Yeah. And I've got, like, five or six of them full, jam full of stuff. And they're just going to, like, pop out and... So. And you know what? You may need to be okay with it being still in boxes when the kids yeah. arrive. It yeah. Some of it might, but at least I'll have chairs and tables. That's my goal. That's what you need. You need chairs. You <laughs> need tables. Really, you you need... just need them to be somewhere. Uh-huh. You yeah. Somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They need to be able to access the materials, right? But yeah. all the other stuff will come. Dreading these, like if it's coming. I know it's coming the first day, but I'm actually like, I think because we do the podcast so much and I talk so much about teacher stuff anyways that I'm 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 fairly excited for students to come in. Yeah. So me too. We'll see what happens. I, I mean, feel the same the, way. Almost a month away. Yeah, but. do you guys feel I feel like I've had a really nice break. Like I w- really was able to turn it off. I mean, to yeah. to the degree that I wanted to, right? Like I yeah. wasn't stressing yeah. about, oh, what's it going to be like? Are we going to be, you know, how are we going to be quarantining a bunch, you know, mask, no mask, blah blah blah, all 
all of those worries from the last two years, two and a half years, are have kind of yeah. subsided for me too. And I don't know if you guys are feeling the same way. It ramps up a little um, bit as school gets closer. So the D- Department of Health made an announcement that masks should be optional in school. So like the banter has started in regards to the chatter yeah. of that kind of stuff. But you guys are you guys are too far away from the first day of school for you to feel that yet. But I've just yeah, started they, feeling it. San Diego Unified uh, said that they are um, introducing masks again, like not optional, but um, uh, 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 mandated. So we'll see. I don't know our what our, the DOE know. is going to do, but I know the Department of Health has said yeah. masks can be optional. I don't know what our. I am pretty are. sure that the county I live in will not be doing any sort of mask mandate at all. Yeah, huh? I don't Got think it. so. So no, they'll probably they're... say mask optional too, and then if you want. Well, to it's all it. mask optional. All of it is, right. but um, but the mandate, I don't know. There's a lot of people that yeah. really. Had a hard time with well, that. Well, let's let's transition because obviously that wasn't the most positive thing we've <laughs> no. ever talked about. Uh, let's let's talk about games. So uh, let's talk about our game of game of the week. What, what are we playing, Jamie? You had a what game you've been you playing. Want, you were talk about. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I went over to my sister's house and my niece was there, and I had gotten her a game called Bears versus Babies for Christmas. And I've never played this game, but Battle she was Star. giving yeah. me, I know, it was just like that. She was giving me the rundown <laughs> on this game. And it just looks so fun. I mean, just the name, it sounds hilarious. The box is hilarious. The box like, is like, like fur. A fuzzy box. Yeah, it looks like a, yeah. a bear. Um, yeah. And uh, essentially, uh, you build an army of monsters. So you have all these little monster parts, like torsos and heads and legs. They're weird looking, a lot of them, too. Yeah. So and you, you build this kind of army to defeat these different babies which is hilarious mm-hmm. there's like land babies and sea babies and air babies and then there's yeah, like big clever, babies right? yeah. and they look like you're old massing men babies right They're yeah not like baby you're like amassing yeah. this army of That's monsters hilarious. to defeat it and what she told me she said well we were terrible the first time we played it and i'm like well what happened she's like we were so obsessed building our monsters we never provoked the babies and so we just lost and so they were just so curious about all the different, I think, all the different parts that you could use to build the monsters that they never yeah. got to the baby part. So then after that, they started playing, and she said that they are having the best time as a family. And then when she has friends over, they play it. And um, it just sounds like a hoot. Uh, it definitely, I don't know, I, I don't use the word hoot often, but <laughs> it is definitely a hoot. I, you know, what's fun about it is that, um, you have to pay a little bit of attention. Like the head can only attach to certain pieces and the arms can only go in places, but then you can extend out your arms if you have these special tool pieces. So there's a lot of dynamics to it that like make it a little bit more clever. And the goal of the game is that your monster and the points that are added together for your kind of your troop of monsters that are all like, let's say from the ocean, all those points add up to enough to defeat the babies. And then mm, you collect. Okay. Those, I think it's. I think the winner is whoever has the most babies in the end, right? I think it's something. Like that. I'm not sure. I've never played it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it was so clever, and she was so excited about it that I had to share that. And she's uh, she's uh, going into seventh grade, so she's right at that like kind of you know middle school snarky age. Yeah. So it has some humor yeah. in it. Uh, she just really and she loved Unstable Unicorns. I think they're the same company, yeah. perhaps or a lot of those are. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so it's, it's just it's like exploding kittens, probably. Yeah. yeah. Even, even the box, right? We've talked about it, but like, if you just like in your class wanted to have like a bear box and some <laughs> some mechanic in your class where you have to get something out of the bear box, like it'd be really fun because it's just this furry box that you could use in your class for fun. Well, wouldn't it be fun yeah. to like have if you have to assemble these monsters and you did that like almost as like a QR break-in kind of a thing where, you know, they're they're doing something like building vocabulary or doing math problems or whatever in groups, and then they come up and then have to get like a, a part or something like that. I don't know That's if you could true. scale it up. That's true. The teacher could be the baby collector, the yeah. baby army, and the students. Yeah. Wouldn't that be Let's fun? Take that out of context. <laughs> I know it sounds the terrible. Could be the Go baby collector. That, um, <laughs> yeah. that, should, that should be our quote. Oh, for that's a bad the teams quote. could build their armies, and if their armies have enough points to overtake the the teacher baby collector, right? yeah, that, that, that could be. Yeah, really fun it could that. be fun. Yeah. It could scale up. I don't know. Gosh, it'd be really hard for my students to understand the mechanic, like the concept of it all. But if they could grasp how to play the game in itself first. Now, I will say, I just thought of something that might work. Do you remember the game Cooties? The little cootie bugs? Oh, yes, like the caterpillar. They look like little caterpillars. So, Carol, um, Carol, uh, oh my gosh, Miss Mac. McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Okay. I I was like, I thought that's what it was. And then I was like, uh oh, I'm going to mispronounce her name. Um, She does cootie games like that, where the kids Mm. are collecting and trying to build the cootie. Okay. Yeah. So it's almost so like a similar a mechanic. Or? So you're not building a baby, <laughs> oh, but monsters. you're building you're, you're building the monster. You're building the cootie monster or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That'd fun. be cool. That's interesting. And or I think it's if, middle school fun enough because it's so bizarre and a little bit like Or maybe quirky. there's no babies at all. Maybe you just have them build it and then they fight each other. Can they do that? Yeah. I mean, you could do anything you want. Whoever has the highest number in their build because like I said, only certain pieces can fit So you can only build a monster with the pieces you have, and some pieces won't work unless you have other pieces. So there's some strategy to that in itself. There is. And then maybe there's, like, bonuses. So, like, maybe you spin it, and so you have, like, what, land, air, and sea? Yeah. So maybe you spin it, and then, like, sea has, like, an advantage over It could just be a general boss battle, too, where you're trying to over, yeah. You could make it really. Yeah, so instead of. Instead of taking like if you have the operation game, instead of like having them to pull out, having them pull out one thing for answering a question, right? They could get a part yeah. of the monster, yeah. and then they're building, and in the end, you could have like a roll off or something. Yeah. Like a, okay. All right. All right. I know. think we did it. Our uh, our our first uh, Rebel Teacher Alliance uh, podcast in the book. So, yeah. uh, guys, we're so excited that you joined us. Uh, we're thankful that you have been a part of this thing for so long and we're looking forward to what what's to come so uh, please share us on your social media uh, check us out at uh, rebelteacheralliance.com and yeah uh, dot com we got a dot com Woo! guys I know we got a dot com holy cow look at us we're so and join the like, alliance we're so bougie with our dot com <laughs> and we'll see you next time bye bye